What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith, bringing you real-time news, fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. It's the 15th day of Russia's assault on Ukraine. Here's what you need to know today. President Biden today is moving to end Russia's most favored nation trading status with the U.S. If passed by Congress, that means higher tariffs on Russian imports, although that won't be an issue for certain trademark Russian goods, which Biden says will be banned altogether. Including seafoods, vodka and diamonds. And we're going to continue to squeeze Putin. The G7 will seek to deny Russia the ability to borrow from leading multinational institutions, such as the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. EU and G7 nations are also planning to strip most favored nation status for Russia. Russia would pay a severe price if it used chemical weapons. Those were President Biden's words when asked by a reporter about the possibility. The U.S. says Russia may be trying to lay the groundwork to justify its use of chemical weapons in Ukraine. Russia told the U.N. Security Council Ukraine has labs making, quote, ethnically targeted biological weapons. It is a completely unsubstantiated accusation. Russia's ally China is the only country supporting that particular claim. Russia is digging in. It has expanded its aerial bombardment to new areas in the west of Ukraine. In that long Russian convoy that has been stalled outside of Kyiv, it appears to be maneuvering for a new assault on the capital. Mariupol's city council says nearly 1,600 civilians have died. The southeastern city has been under siege for nearly two weeks without heat, electricity, or running water. Those numbers are not independently verified, but the city's mayor says Mariupol has faced two days of hell since bombs fell on a maternity ward and its, quote, Armageddon. Russia's prosecutor general wants to declare Facebook's parent company Meta an extremist organization, according to state media. The move comes after Facebook and Instagram suspended their normal ban against calls for violence when it comes to Russians invading Ukraine. A Meta spokesman told Reuters statements like death to Russian invaders will temporarily be allowed in Ukraine and some surrounding countries. Coming up, we talk about cryptocurrency's influence on the conflict between Russia and Ukraine and the pros and cons that come with digital currencies during a time of war. WebEx is driving hybrid work by ensuring almost anyone, almost anywhere, can be seen, heard, and have the ability to contribute equally. Learn more at webex.com slash hybrid work. 
the very first licenses to run recreational cannabis dispensaries in New York will go to people with marijuana convictions. It's a big deal for weed and criminal justice advocates who say this could help the people who suffered the most under the war on drugs. The state's first weed shops are slated to open at the end of this year. And folks who were convicted before weed was legalized in the state a year ago and their families can get a head start. Rihanna may take her body-inclusive lingerie company Savage X Fenty public. According to Bloomberg, the brand is in early talks with Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley. The IPO could value the company at $3 billion. Let's go, Riri. Savage X Fenty started in 2018 and featured all genders and sizes, forcing its competitor Victoria's Secret to completely rethink its brand. Rihanna is the founder and CEO of the company. She became a billionaire last year. Lawmakers in Florida have passed a new bill that limits talk about race at work and school. It's part of Governor Ron DeSantis's anti-critical race theory agenda. It says corporate trainings and schools can talk about race in terms of privilege or oppression. Florida State Senator Tina Polsky opposes the bill. She says it creates a category of discrimination for basically, let's just say it, white people who don't feel good. The bill is currently waiting for the governor's signature. The world as we know it changed two years ago today. March 11th, 2020 was when the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic. We all went home and avoided the three C's, closed spaces, crowded places, and close contact. Two years later, six million people around the world, including a million here in the U.S., friends, family, loved ones, have died. And researchers say the true death toll could be three times higher than that. Things have been looking better lately, but public health experts say the pandemic is not over yet. And it really isn't. Globally, we still have nearly two million new cases each day. Dave, do you remember when you first realized that this was really happening? Uh, For me, it was April 2020. I still lived in New York City, and I was biking down a completely desolate Park Avenue in the cold, completely silent, except for the occasional siren. That must have been so eerie. For me, it was on my birthday. I was born on February 29th, so I had a real birthday in 2020. We went out to a few indoor places, and we were already reporting on the coronavirus at Insider, which made me think, is any of this safe? Yeah. And on this second anniversary, we want to hear from you. What was the moment when you realized that the pandemic was really happening? Send us an email or better yet, a voice memo at therefresh at insider.com. And be sure to include your name and where you're listening from. Yeah, that is therefresh at insider.com. As Russia continues to wage this war on Ukraine, Dave, one of the issues that has really come front and center is cryptocurrency. Yeah, the Washington Post actually calls it the world's first crypto war. I'm going to guess it's not the last. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, the promise of crypto or the main reason behind its existence is for there to be a decentralized currency, Mm -hmm. right? That means this currency is free of any government regulation, any sanction, or the security of government-backed banks. Right. It is unclear if crypto is actually good or actually bad in times of war. It seems like both Ukraine and Russia are benefiting from digital currency. But spoiler Mm -hmm. alert, this really is not clear-cut. There is nothing about this that is all good or all bad. 
So, Rebecca, do you want to just run through the list of pros and cons for both sides with me? Yeah, I'll start with Ukraine. Last month, at the end of February, Ukraine, via the country's official Twitter account, announced it was accepting cryptocurrency donations to help fight the war against Russia. At last check, according to crypto watchdog Elliptic, uh, the Ukrainian government has crowdfunded a little over $50 million worth of crypto. Ukrainian officials tell the press they've received close to $100 million, So, you know, a bit of a difference, but still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, can I take you on a quick detour before we continue? Sure. So the largest donation came from Julian Assange, the infamous mm -hmm, infamous founder of WikiLeaks. So he raised $52 million in an NFT auction for his defense, and he's donated $2 million of those dollars to Ukraine. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. It's nice of him to donate to Ukraine, but the words NFT auction actually send a shiver down my spine. (laughs) Ukraine has used around $15 million of its crypto to buy important things, military gear like bulletproof vests and medical supplies, and other funds have been set up to help civilians evacuate, get food, get gas, and Ukrainians are using crypto themselves because financial institutions are now limiting access to bank accounts and foreign currency. One 27-year-old in Ukraine told Insider that his credit card stopped working, so now he relies entirely on crypto. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So crypto does make sure that people in Ukraine have access to money generally. And some are calling crypto a humanitarian tool that helps people in crisis. Yeah. Now, there are things that aren't very helpful uh, about crypto in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that you need a computer or a cell phone and internet connection. So that might not work in a war-torn country. Yeah. Uh, Mariupol has been without internet for a week. And experts told NBC News that Russia might attack all of the country's internet. Plus, there's a very steep learning curve to crypto. It's not as simple as opening a bank account. It's definitely not as straightforward as cash. And there are thousands of digital currencies, and they all work in slightly different ways. So if you need money super fast in times of crisis, crypto might not yet be the best answer. But there's another major con here, which is that Russia might also benefit from crypto. Since it is free of any sort of government regulation, Russians could theoretically use digital currencies to skirt sanctions that have been imposed on the country. I mean, Russia has already become a hotspot for illegal crypto activity in recent years, according to the Washington Post. Basically, Russians can move money around via crypto and force unknowing countries to do business with them because it can't be traced back to them. I also want to point, though, that there is one pro with Russia's access to crypto. Uh, Just because Putin started this war, obviously, that doesn't mean every Russian supports it. So Mm -hmm. there are people in Russia with no access to money who are forced to live in a crumbling economy, and they don't even want this war. So the fact that some crypto-savvy Russian civilian has access, you know, to crypto might also be a good thing. So... To some, Rebecca, is crypto good or bad in times of war? It seems like it can be both. Mm-hmm. It, it can help the people who are being repressed or attacked, but it can also help the oppressors. So like most things, it's probably somewhere in the gray. Be sure to follow the Refresh from Insider on your favorite podcast apps, or better yet, go to insider.com slash the refresh to use our custom designed player. We also want to hear from you. Reach us at the refresh at insider.com. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and us, Rebecca Ibarra. And Dave Smith. Carrie Donahue is our executive producer. Andy Bowers is head of audio at Insider. 
Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend.